Hey, Europe, how you doing? Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Main Radio. Hey, what's new? What's going on in your neck of the woods? How you feeling? How you doing? Because I think we kind of need to talk. Now, it's been a pretty sweet 70 years or so since the end of the Second World War. I mean, there was the whole Cold War thing, but it remained uh, cold, not hot. Uh, so in Western Europe, at least, you know, no, fa- no plagues, no famines, uh, really no uh, wars. And um, it's been pretty sweet. You borrowed a whole bunch of money, and when you couldn't borrow it, you printed it. And when your currencies began to look a little shaky, you collectivized them under the EU, this big, giant collectivist umbrella, because remember, it was really important to fight communism and national socialism and then end up with collectivism at home, because apparently you just want to test the theory of is there an afterlife by having all the millions of men who died in the Second World War come back to life and say, what the hell were you thinking? Now, there are those who say that borrowing all this money, having all of these comfortable social programs, all this kind of cool stuff, has made Europeans a little soft, a little deluded, um, under the illusion that they're living in um, a a very pleasant world where everyone uh, is, is friendly and nice and wishes everyone else the best and things like multiculturalism just work tickety boo and are way better than, say, having your own children. I think that there's probably a little bit of truth in that, but I still do think that the lion-hearted soul of Europe still throbs underneath the slightly sickly hue of draped skin collectivism. But um, Because, you know, when you borrowed a lot of money and you spent a lot of money on social programs making everybody's life really, really comfortable, safe, and secure, yeah, you got a little soft. Um, you know what would have been cool? You know, given that you wanted... You know, as voters, Europeans, you wanted these big, giant social programs that kind of had to be paid for by the taxes of the next generation. It would have been kind of cool if you'd bumped uglies a little bit and made a few more um, babies. Because, you know, you borrowed money, you spent a lot of money, you just didn't spend that money on having, say, children. You know, which, I'm no biologist, but as far as I understand it, children can be decidedly helpful in, say, the continuation of the civilization that your ancestors spent thousands of years and untold buckets of blood uh, building for you and um, which you seem to be in the process of wanting to dismantle as fast as humanly possible. But there's no need for any of that. We can uh, sort things out. We can solve things and um, we can, you know, pry off this dewy-eyed delusion that the world is, you know, rainbow ponies and (laughs) skittles and all kinds of wonderful things and no one ever really means anyone else harm and there's no such thing as cultural battles or religious battles or anything like that, we can, you know, wake you up just a little bit. Sorry if you were just drifting off. Just (laughs) stay focused, people. This is really the future of everything that's going on for you. Little bit of a brouhaha, which I talked about recently, but it involves much more than the Netherlands and Turkey. Turkish Deputy Prime Minister recently said, Europe's politicians are under fascist, neo-Nazi influence. (laughs) Boy, wouldn't it be tragic if, you know, say, Europeans had this big giant button uh, on their foreheads and testicles? You know, if you thump the button and call them Nazis, oh, they'll just roll over and do whatever you want. If you thump the button and call them racist, oh, we'll just do whatever you want, roll over, take whatever you want. Oh, sexist. Oh, okay. Give me, ha, ha. I mean, wouldn't that be tragic if, if that had been, say, in planted within us by cultural Marxism, that would be a, kind of a remote control civilization disassembly button that anyone um, with the lust for the treasure and power uh, and nuclear weapons of Europe could just push 
and get whatever they wanted. Now, kind of ironic in a funny way. This is what happens when you don't learn your actual history, but you just pretend that uh, it's all about exploitation. Turkey calling um, people in the Netherlands Nazis. <laughs> funny, funny story. Turkey actually uh, allied with the Nazis in World War II. Um, while the Netherlands were under Nazi occupation for close to half a decade, um, thousands, of course, murdered, uh, millions starved, uh, Jews, uh, well, you know the whole story. See, there was a German-Turkish non-aggression pact in 1941. It was actually supposed to be enforced for about 10 years, but uh, October 1945, it ended when Turkey joined <laughs> the United Nations. <sighs> because the League of Nations just wasn't enough. You know, when it comes to Nazi comparisons, I'd feel a little bit more comfortable if, you know, say the heads of the Turkish government spoke a little bit more about, I don't know, the Armenian genocide or the basic fact that Hitler's autobiography, Mein Kampf, has become a bestseller in Turkey. So, yeah, I just, like, I wonder what if the words Nazi and racist and sexist and this, that and the other phobe, what if they weren't actually uh, arguments anymore? Because, you know, they actually never were. They're just big, giant female-implanted guilt buttons hit Europeans on the head, cough up uh, all, all the blood and treasure of their ancestors because we, we wouldn't want to have ne negative words attached to us, right? Our ancestors fought uh, dragons, I believe, if I remember rightly. But um, apparently we're frightened of words these days. I mean, for those who want to dig into the history, uh, it, it's a pretty simple equation. The EU is the League of Nations, and Merkel and others are uh, Chamberlain and... Uh, well, we all know how that turned out. So what's going to happen? Turkey's going to suspend all high-level diplomatic meetings. It's going to cancel all flight permissions for Dutch politicians. Now, I know that the Netherlands invests a huge amount, about 16% into the Turkish economy, like about, of the Turkish foreign investment, about 16%. But this is really not the important part. You may have had that reported uh, on in the media, but I pretty much guarantee you haven't heard a lot about this. The Turkish vice president has said, and this, again, stay with me, really need you to pay attention here, uh, has said, Europe has not kept its promises on the migrant deal. For us, that agreement has ended. Well, what could he mean by that? Well, uh, about a year after it extorted, collected, received, sorry, uh, $3 billion from Europe for the, this migrant deal, Right, which is where they keep millions of migrants within Turkey rather than releasing them to flood into Europe, uh, Turkey just unilaterally voided the agreement. So what does that mean? Well, um, the next step uh, would most likely be that uh, Turkey is about to uh, open the floodgates for millions of third world migrants and flood Europe with these third world migrants. Because see, they're currently held inside of uh, Turkish borders and it's over 2 million potential migrants. Uh, could, could be higher, could be just about anything. So this refugee situation, I mean, I know Angela Merkel um, was said, oh, we're going to close the borders a little bit. Oh, are there photographers? Well, we wouldn't want any negative photo ops, so let's just open them up. Um, so this really is the greatest existential crisis um, that Europe has faced um, in its entire existence. And this is kind of why I need you to you know, drop your Xbox controller, um, pick up your brain and your spine and your remnants of testosterone and pay attention and make some decisions uh, this spring and this summer about whether you say, like 
be, being Europeans, like being being Europe. I mean, it's pretty bad. In Europe, there was a poll recently. Two out of three Germans are afraid of becoming the victim of a terrorist attack. Why? Uh, Germans are pretty good at counting. Um, uh, one out of ten Germans perceive an acute threat, as it's called, to their safety. <laughs> Among women, um, well, the figures are even worse. Uh, Almost three-quarters of German women said they sometimes feel unsafe in crowded places. And 9% said they feel permanently threatened and terrified of the society, of, of what their society is turning into. So let's just be frank and let's just be honest about everything here. Multiculturalism, open borders, globalism, all being pushed by the left. Now, Important point. The left does not believe in multiculturalism at all. It is a lie. It is supposed to appeal to your childless womb yearning for people to parent uh, if you haven't had kids. And it's designed to appeal to your pathological altruism, your Western-drenched universalism. That's great if people believe in universalism and it's a giant Trojan horse if they don't. So uh, the left, they don't believe in multiculturalism at all. They don't. See, multiculturalism is the idea that if people come into your environment, they're going to blend, they're going to mix, they're going to absorb aspects of your culture, and you'll absorb the positive aspects of each other's culture, and everything will get better, and everything will be uh, wonderful. So if the left believes in multiculturalism, they must believe, this is basic logic, people, they must believe that they're left, they must believe that they're really good at assimilating people, at convincing them of the better claims that the left has. Of course, right? But you see, it, funny, funny question. If the left was good at assimilating people, why the hell are all these hate speech laws in Europe? Because, because see, they're really good at making the case voluntarily for you to believe the better part of their arguments and their ideas. Cross-pollinization, cross-fertilization. So why aren't they welcoming criticism and saying, well, I understand where you're coming from. Here's all the reason. Here's all the evidence. Because we're all about assimilation. Which means we can bring in people with really different viewpoints, but don't worry, we can assimilate them. Well, why doesn't the left assimilate people with different viewpoints? Well, they don't. They viciously attack them. They destroy their reputation. They try to get them fired. And they throw them in prison for hate speech laws or find them like crazy. That doesn't sound like assimilation to me. Why, why, did, why does the left attack everyone who's not on the left or who questions leftist policies? Why would you need to attack them? Just assimilate them, you know, with all that sweet reason and evidence. You know, why would... Hillary Clinton referred to people who disagreed with her as a basket of deplorables, racist, sexist, homophobic, blah, 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 right? Why verbally attack if you're really into multiculturalism? The left should embrace the right as being part of the multicultural framework and mosaic, but they don't. They viciously attack the right, which means they don't believe they can assimilate the right, which means they view people with different perspectives as enemies, which means multiculturalism doesn't work. This is not that complicated, people. Because the left is confessing, like with hate speech laws and attacks and verbal abuse and, and all of this stuff and all of this manipulation of news and control of news. and What they're confessing in the left is they actually can't assimilate or even change the minds of those who have the same religion. I guess, sorry, religion shouldn't really count unless Marxism is actually a religion, which it kind of is. Funny story. So they're saying, well, we, the left is saying we can't even change the minds of those who come from the same culture, the same background, have the same language, have the same references. We can't change their minds, so we're just going to use hate speech laws and verbal attacks and abuse and economic attacks and so on to destroy them. So the left is really, really bad at changing people's minds who have differing viewpoints, but they really want to import a lot of people with differing viewpoints. <laughs> you understand it's got nothing to do with, cult with multiculturalism. 
Like, if the left was really into multiculturalism, they'd have affirmative action hiring for people on the right into universities and the media, right? Because universities completely co-opted almost exclusively by the left, right? And, and by significantly left of the left uh, people, so like the, the, um, the Marxists and, and so on, cultural Marxists in particular. So, so university has become this barrier that keeps everyone who's not on the left out of power, out of higher education, out of the track to political power, often represented by a university degree. So, yeah, they don't, the left doesn't care at all about multiculturalism. What they care about is people who vote for them. And leftist policies have been under attack and, and have been disproven by so many economists, so many thinkers, and the evidence, accumulated evidence of history, that they gave up trying to make the reasonable case in the 60s, and they just started creating the welfare state and bringing in third world uh, people because third world people overwhelmingly vote for leftist policies, right? I mean, they're just bringing in voters and bribing them with your money, right? It's You understand. Um, that's that's uh, important. The cultural invasion always comes uh, first. So Turkey has openly stated that they do not consider keeping the millions of migrants in their country out of Europe, right? And Europe, or the West as a whole, with their bomb everyone, bring everyone in, bomb their countries, bring them in, what could go wrong? This is facing the threat. The threat. And Turkey knows what these migrants are like. I mean, if, if they were really good for your economy, why isn't Turkey using them? Why isn't Turkey saying, oh gosh, you guys got to stay here because man, you're just powerhouses of productivity and culture and art and beauty and wonderful things. You're adding so much to our country and our culture. Why isn't Turkey going to assimilate these wonderful third world migrants if they're so great for the Turkish economy? Why are they basically threatening them as a bioweapon against Europe? So if these, and, and we're not even talking about the masses of people gathering in the north of Africa for waiting for the weather to get better to spring over to Europe. It's time. Now is the time. It all has come together. And it all depends on you. So, basic reality. These millions of migrants come in, apply for asylum, apply for staying in, in some form or another. Well, your welfare state is over. It's over. It's done. It can't possibly pay for all of this stuff. So the welfare state is over no matter what. Now, the welfare state, can, you can either choose to reduce the welfare state. It's going to collapse either way. Like, you can choose to have a soft landing or a hard landing. Like, you can land with the political wheels down, or you can land with the political wheels up, which is a whole lot of... The welfare state is over as it stands. So it can either be over with millions of third world migrants in your country, or it can be over without millions of third world migrants in your country. But either way, um, it's done. Because this is the basic reality. I mean, people have so much lost their history, right? I mean, the West, people in the West have been told for so long that the only evil uh, is the West. And the only thing the West ever did was slavery, colonialism, brutalization, destruction, pillaging, rape. And there's massive amounts of people out there convincing everyone not in the West that the only reason the only reason the West is rich is because it stole from everyone else. So they're coming to take it. It's all nonsense, right? The Western countries are all, cultures and countries were always fighting uh, each other all throughout history. And um, actually, if you actually want to know, uh, you can look at the uh, economies of post-colonial countries and the best chance you have to have a free market, relatively free economy, is to have been a former colony of uh, particularly England uh, or other places. So 
Um, I mean, I've got the truth about colonialism, the truth about slavery and all this. It's all a bunch of lies and Marxist nonsense designed to make you feel bad and guilty and terrible and thus give up everything and hate your own culture. I mean, it's a wonderful form uh, of invasion. It's how you take down nuclear powers. But um, here's the basic reality that uh, history uh, is, is conflict, uh, particularly between uh, ideologies. Um, and when ideologies meet in general... It's like uh, two carpets being pushed together or two pieces of paper, right? They don't blend, they don't merge. Uh, One goes on top and the other goes uh, on bottom. That's a basic reality. Another basic reality. You have been convinced into giving up your borders. You've been convinced into giving up your borders. And uh, this is all nonsense. Uh, Your rich people all live in gated communities with private security. Uh, Your politicians all travel with security details and you can't get close to them in any way, shape, or form because there's a lot of walls, a lot of borders between them and you. So this is the basic reality. That which has value must be protected. That which has value must be protected. You don't put a piece, like an empty piece of paper into a bank vault. You put your valuables into a bank vault. You build walls around that which needs to be uh, protected. And the wealth of Europe must have borders. And I don't mean Europe as a whole. I mean each individual country because the EU has been in charge of these borders and it doesn't work. It doesn't even remotely work. Because you need to understand that that the cultural occupation has occurred. So Europeans, you understand. You can watch my video, The Story of Your Enslavement. You exist as tax cattle so that leftist politicians can strip money from you or strip money from your children, child, (laughs) so that they can buy votes from others. If third world migrants voted for the right, of course the left wouldn't be interested in having them come into the country. I mean, this is not that complicated. That which has value needs to be protected. During a riot, do you just open your doors? At night, do you lock your door? Do you lock your car? It has value. It needs to have borders. It needs to have boundaries. You know, also known as skin. History in general is is conflict. And because of 70 years of peace and borrowing and, you know, going into the amniotic sack of the welfare state, kind of forgotten this. It's okay. There's people like me to help, help remind you. Right? So history is conflict. And, and your safety... Your security, your, your freedoms were won by people who understood this. Because Turkey has made it very clear that people gathering in the shattered, Obama-broken and Hillary Clinton-broken remnants of Libya have made it very clear. They're coming, Europe. They're coming. And you're either going to have borders or you're not. So you need to vote for your nation. You need to stop relying on Brussels to protect you. Their record is very clear. You need to have borders. You need to have countries. You need to lock your doors because they're coming. History has arrived on your doorstep. And it comes down to you, to your vote. In the Netherlands, in France, in Germany, everywhere. It comes down to your vote. Are you going to keep what your ancestors died to hand to you, to give to you? What thousands of years of evolution from the pre-Socratics to now has worked to fashion and create and shape this glorious civilization called the West.
are you going to save it? Nobody's asking you to go to war yet. You have to go into a booth and you have to make a check mark. And there will be two groups of people on that check mark list. Groups of people who don't want you to have any borders, who don't want to have any protection, and who want to steal from you and from your children in order to bribe people who are going to vote for them. And there are going to be people who say, this is our country, our culture. We have a right to exist. We have a right to our own civilization. We have a right to our own country. And you have to make that choice. History is here. They're coming. Be ready. Cicero said many years ago, any man can make mistakes, but only an idiot persists in his error. And let me tell you something. I have studied history for decades. And there's one basic rule. If you persist in mistakes against all evidence, against all reason, against all reality, you are an idiot. And in history, idiots exit. And their leaving is not pretty.